This is Strange Assembly, episode 144, Strange Squared. I'm Chris Stevenson, and welcome to another episode of Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. I'm here today with Sam Flegel. We do the strange assembling. He does the strange artwork. And in, in particular, Sam has started doing Legend of the Five Rings artwork over the last several years. And so we thought that you L5R players might like to hear from them. Uh, how you doing, Sam? I'm doing good. Doing good, real good. Thanks for having me on. Now, I just want to let you know in advance, I know you are a Spider-Clan player. You realize that the rest of the Spider-Clan players may not be willing to talk to you after appearing on my podcast, right? Do you have a, a feud with them I'm unaware of? I spent several years talking about how the Spider were basically a terrible addition to the story. Oh, okay. I believe that there was a, a section of a thread on the Spider-Clan forums that went something like, yeah, Chris is like a Nazi against the Spider. And then a German guy said, can we not compare people to Nazis? And then so somebody <laughs> else said, Okay, it's it's like it's like asking the KKK something about black people. Like, thank you, and this is why I have not created an account on your new forums because I don't need this. <laughs> so you don't want to cross the Spider Clan, man. <laughs> well, I I think they they sort of like me a little bit right now because I keep track of all those statistics, so they have something concrete to point to when they go, "Oh my gosh, we're terrible right now." <laughs> Maybe I've got that going for me now. That's true, and there there is a lot of that going on on the Spider Clan forum. I'm I'm sad to say. Yes, it's sort of unfortunate. Clearly, there is a lot of legitimate griping for Spider Clan players to do, but then you have people say things like, "But, but the new Sensei increases our family honor. That makes us go first more. That's a drawback." <laughs> no, it's not. Going first against Scorpion Dishonor is not a drawback. Oh, that's Trust true. Me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. So, you were doing art before you did L5R, so did you get into L5R independently of your art, or did you actually first get into it by doing L5R artwork? Yeah, so I met Steve Argyle at an art camp back in, it was either 2009 or 2010, and uh, that's how I got my job working for L5R. So I started doing art for L5R before I had played the game. And I guess after having done work for AEG about six months, I went into my local game store. I think I was going there for a Friday Night Magic, if I remember correctly. And everybody was playing L5R. And I was like, wait, I didn't know there was an L5R group here. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we play, you know, in addition to Magic and, like, whatever. So I was like, well, I want to learn how to play. So I learned how to play and was playing with the group, and just because of how the card rotation works, it's about nine months to a year before your cards come out. So I, I had learned to play and played with them, and then there was a set where my first card came out after I'd already learned how to play. And so that was pretty cool to suddenly be like, and I get to use my card. So. <laughs> is, there a, is there some sort of rule, like if they, if they play your card against you, they have to say, thank you, sir? <laughs> before they attack you with it, or yeah, I, I wish there was some sort of rule like that. Um, at the very, I always thought that you know, if if it has my name on it, if they buy it, it should come and join my army, like you know. Yeah, or or at least you know, Daigatsu Gyokin will join you for two less gold if your name yeah. is on this card. 
I think that should be a standard rule for the game. Actually, I think I think we should talk to AEG see if we can get that in the rules. That uh, you could have a lot of support from the the high level tournament players because their names are over on the right side of some true. of the cards too. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, every every set we get in an art focus article from Adrian talking about how he approaches what he's asking people for about the artwork for the different clans. What is the process like of doing L5R art from the, the artist side of things? So it, it's it's changed a little bit as I've become more familiar with the world. Originally, Adrian would, and Steve, uh, more so in the beginning, but now it's it's almost all Adrian, would pick, you know, like a certain thing for me. But now, because I know the game, oh, Adrian sends out a mass email that says, hey, this is the set, this is the theme for the set, and I'll immediately respond back saying, hey, is there a clan champion or a sensei that I can do? There's, I can't talk about too much of this, but I, I also tend to get the nasty cards. Like, if there's <laughs> anybody really undead or gooey, they send them my way, and uh, I'm excited to see some more of that stuff coming out. It was really fun on on the base set for Ivory Edition. I was included in an email group of people they had contacted to do the clan champions. I'd, I'd just done the Experience 2 version of Kenpeki, and that's uh was my first clan champion. And then I got included in the batch, and I, I just requested that I either wanted to do Scorpion or Mantis, uh, have been looking through, and, and that's how I got uh, Yoritoma Hiromi. I think that's how you say it, Hiromi. That's how I say it, at least. The, the <laughs> Gathering Storm. So that that was really fun to get to work on. But so so the basic process is you get assigned a card or a batch of cards. You usually say I can take one, I can take five, depending on my schedule. And then you get an art request. Sometimes it's very specific. The more high profile the card, the more specific the request is. Particularly if it is a named character like like Hiromi. I had to look at all the previous versions of Hiromi and, you know, there's certain things that make him him. There are other things that you can, you know, change and, and make to fit your style. But if it's a named character who has a previous version, it needs to at least harken back to that previous version. But a lot of times it's fun to get the new cards because it'll just be like uh, for Moto Daikin, I, I did, which... Uh, it's in ivory. I, I can't remember whether it was Gathering, Gates of Chaos, or Coils of Madness that she was in. But anyway, when when she came out, I think it was Coils, but the description was just, do a Death Priestess. I could make it male or female. It was very open. The only requirement was that the character was summoning undead, or, or the ancestor spirits, to tear apart enemies. And so that's when I start making up the story in my head. I immediately, like, I wanted to do a, a female priestess. I love the idea of her having an elaborate headdress based around bones. Uh, I actually collect skulls and bones, and her headdress was made from... My aunt lived in Alaska for a while, so I have a whale vertebrae, several sections of a whale vertebrae. And so I configured a bunch of different pieces of this whale vertebrae together to create her headdress. And then I love picking on the scorpion clan, so... I was like, I'll just have them ripping apart Scorpion. And that's sort of a go-to thing with Adrian when I ask, you know, who, who are the bad guys this cassette? He's like, you can always use Scorpion. They're always hurting somebody. So. 
If you, if you look, it's actually a theme on my cards. Like, Scorpion guys are always getting beat up in the background. <laughs> yes. Well, so, of course, I, that means you would never actually draw a positive. Actually, wait, I was going to say, that would mean that you'd never get assigned a Scorpion card, cause that's, but that's not true, because we've seen Scorpion personalities getting killed on their own cards. So <laughs> See, there you go. You could totally do that. That's that's the look. But I, 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 have, um, I have finally done a positive Scorpion card. I'm excited about that. The Sensei for A Line in the Sand, uh, I got to do that, which was very cool. And I'm I'm curious, uh, at the time of recording this, I don't even know what the rules are for the card, so I'm excited to know that. Now, that's something that has changed. Typically, they don't tell us rules stuff, but since Adrian knows that I play the game now, he's been giving me more rules information, which has helped influence how the, the art back and forth goes. I mean, there's certain things that they tell everybody, like it's a, if it's a cavalry card, they tell you that because they have to be on a horse or at least look like they should move really quickly. Uh-huh. If they have a melee attack, they like them to have a melee weapon in their hand. If they have a ranged attack, they want them to have a bow. So th- those sorts of things are a part of the style as well. So those sort of keyword things do get told to us, but this, the mechanics often change. Like one of the big things I, I can talk about Hiromi, when I got him, he had the reserve keyword on his card. And that was one of the big reasons why Adrian and I, Adrian was really pushing for him to be swinging onto a ship because he was supposed to be reserve and could swing, you know, out from the dynasty deck or whatever, you know, swing into battle, Errol Flynn style. But if you think about it, having a clan champion with the reserve ability would probably be super broken. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so <laughs> reserve is is not not shabby. Yeah, well, the Manus <laughs> players may have wished it stayed that way. I they never did seem to be happy with Hiromi, and in fact, he for the most part hasn't gotten played. So yeah, that's too bad. He's awful expensive, if I remember correctly. Probably, I I don't even remember his exact cost. Let's say it's fourteen, right? I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah, well, uh, I knew that was the problem with with the Kempeki that I did because Kempeki's fourteen. Then his experienced three version is only twelve. I'm like, man, I don't even have a fighting chance, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with the personalities, you've got coils of madness, especially the uniques, clearly over the top for what ended up being the ivory standards. But I yeah. almost feel like they they then overcorrected, and you've got some some guys in in gates, especially that are like, what? That's all. What are the or when they when they previewed Destined, was it Destined by having all these three four scouts for seven that bow for range twos? Like, yeah. Yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. Uh, but then I, I, you know, other cards like uh, Gai, Daigatsu Gaioken, the version I I did, I experienced three. Man, when he first came out, everybody thought he was awful. But then come Irie edition, it's like, oh, a guy who who has to be killed twice is actually pretty good and. Nine gold for six force is nothing to sneeze at. Throw Conqueror on top of it, and it's a pretty good card. Yeah, n- nine gold for six force is pretty good, actually. Now, as I do want to ask you, so how is it that one goes about becoming an L5R artist? Because I know Magic's got high art standards, but I think I could draw, look at me, I'm the DCI, so I think I should be able to draw L5R art too. I, <laughs> how do I go about becoming... <laughs> um, I mean, the, the process... Is basically there's um I I know Adrian has a submission email I'm not sure off the top of my head what that is but yeah you just send a portfolio in 
to Adrian and Adrian and Steve review the portfolios and go through it. I know, you know, a great way is to go to Gen Con because Adrian's been at every Gen Con I've been at, and I'll be surprised if he's he's not there again. And it's great to you know get that face to face meeting and you know get a portfolio review. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise that the the standards for L5R compared to Magic are somewhat lower. And the pay scale is not the same as what Magic's doing either. But there's a lot of benefits to working on L5R, and it's a really great place to get started and, and to really build a professional portfolio and to build, a, I think, a solid fan base as well because there is such an intense fan base built into L5R that you know if you do stick with it for a while... My experience has, has only been positive with the fans of L5R and the art. I mean, aside from, and, and this is, you know, always going to happen, some people like your cards, some people don't, and it's the Internet, so people will tell you when they don't like stuff. But, you know, I, I can take that. Well, sure, yeah. And then uh, probably you could do the best piece of art you've ever done, and then if AEG puts it on a card that stinks, people will hate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Hence, uh, you know... And that's the other thing too that, that's kind of unique about working on something like this, where the it's like that nine month turnaround is, you know, it may have been the best piece that I did nine months ago or a year ago, but my growth in the time I've worked on L5R as an artist has been so dramatic that I'm always most excited about the cards I can't show because they look so much cooler than the ones that I've already got out. You know, it's always that the cycle of. Uh, Whatever you just finished feels like the coolest thing you're working on. So. so then, just between you and me, Sam, no one else will ever hear this. What cards are coming out in nine months? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, let's see. There's going to be some spider cards, and there's going to be some... I think there's other clans aside from spider in the game. Uh, they'll get some cards. Well, you just said Mantis and Scorpion, right? So there's at least three clans. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I've managed to work on all the clans except for Crane and Dragon, I think, at this point. And I don't know if it's just why. I feel like I could do all right with Dragon. I don't know if Crane is my thing. There's way too many dudes in kimonos and not enough, like, ugly things stabbing stuff, so... Uh, well, it kind of had their phases. The Asahina Daimyo a few years ago in real real time, not story time, was uh, trying to... What was he trying to do? Like, make pure things on the Anvil of Doom or something really dumb like that? <laughs> there you or go. Was it Anvil of Despair? I don't know. But, uh, okay, you, so you mentioned Gen Con. So I, I'm presuming you're going to Gen Con this year. Yeah. And are you going in a purely professional capacity do you have a booth or do you go as a gamer i go purely professional though i would definitely go as a gamer if i wasn't professional gen con by far is my favorite convention of the year i'll be in the art show i'll have an art booth in the show so uh yeah please people come by and check it out happy to sign cards and talk about art and l5r and anything else so i also uh, i do paint traditionally so all my L5R cards are oil paintings, and I'll have, I think, all of them that haven't sold will be with me at Gen Con. So if people want to come and see the original art for the cards, too, that's that's there as well. Lizzie, now that you mentioned your process before you pop back to Gen Con, how, 
how long does it take you to do a, a typical piece of art to the extent that there is a typical piece of card art from from start to finish? I think the most the typical thing from L5R, Adrian almost always has me do personalities, uh, which means most of the time it's one guy with a background. Usually a relatively simple background, but sometimes they can get complex, particularly when you start dealing with Asian architecture and that kind of stuff. But so, you know, basic, you know, one guy or girl on a cool background, it takes me anywhere from 40 to 60 hours to complete a card from start to finish. And that would be if I was totally focused on it. But usually it's more, you know, in terms of weeks and months, the turnaround time is usually three months from the time we're commissioned to the time that the art is due. Usually it's two weeks to three months, right? Right. Or two months to three months. So that's the other thing that, that AEG is really good about giving a lot of time. I've worked for some companies where the turnaround time was two or three weeks rather than two or three months. So yeah, it takes me about 60 hours, I'd say, to complete a painting from start to finish. And for me, that means I do a digital sketch, get that approved. I then do a finished, refined drawing. I then print the drawing out onto masonite board. And then I do an oil painting over the top of the printed drawing on the masonite. Okay, now I'm going to display my ignorance. What's a masonite board? It's an artist board. It's a compressed hard wood, painting on wood rather than painting on canvas. I hate texture. I hate the weave of the canvas. I want smooth, so uh, I'll even sometimes sand down the boards that I paint on in order to make sure that they're extra smooth. Okay. So if you were not there and available to buy fantastic prints from at Gen Con, what sort of thing would you otherwise like to to get out and, and participate in at the con? Oh, man. I'd be interested in actually playing in an L5R event. I only play casually, and so I've not really experienced... Because even when I go to Kotai's, you know, I'm there selling art and signing cards. So I've, I've not really experienced, like, the, in, I guess, intense competitive L5R. It's always been a little more casual for me. So I'd be curious to try that out. I've done True Dungeon in the past, and that was a lot of fun. But honestly, my favorite thing at Gen Con, aside from me selling stuff, you know, is... I love the dealer's room. Like, I feel like you could just spend all day walking from one into the other demoing games in the dealer's room. I love trying out weird board games and card games, and that's a great place to do it. Yeah. Given when the dealer's room closes, are you going to the the dinner for villains? I don't know. I might. <laughs> <laughs> are you just too tired? You're like, we'll, we'll see. It, it really just comes down to, yeah, when the event falls and, um, Gen Con's a tough con to juggle everything because for me, you know, it's a chance to interact with fans, but it's also a chance for me to interact with, I guess, coworkers for lack of a better term, you know, the other illustrators that work on the games that I work on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of which I don't see except for at Gen Con. And then it's also a chance to, to network, to hang out with art directors as well, which it's a weird thing about the business. Like me and Adrian are in contact every couple of weeks. As you know, I work on L5R depending on how many cards I'm working on at any given time, but we don't actually see each other all that much or actually speak to one another, you know, all our interactions in email. So that's one of the great things about Gen Con is these people you work with all year round, you can actually sit down, you know, have a beer and talk and catch up on each other's families and all that kind of stuff too. So Gen Con's sort of a mix of 
yes, there's all these amazing games happening, but it's also kind of a, a family or high school reunion in a way as well, or like a, a work retreat, all those <laughs> sort of things wrapped into one. <laughs> uh, it's it's like going to a convention, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, convention, yeah. And there's nothing like it. I, and I've, I've heard it's going to be crazy this year, too, because they had almost 50,000 people last year, and the latest little newsletter I got from Gen Con was saying that they've already outsold pre-sales from last year. So, yeah, it's probably going to be a big one. Yeah, I, I think right. there's that sort of thing between Gen Con and Essen. And theoretically, Essen's supposed to be bigger or something, but I think it turns out that the Essen attendance figure might only end up being bigger than the Gen Con attendance figure because Gen Con announces unique visitors, whereas Essen announces basically turnstile which yeah. means that if you were there every day, you get counted multiple times. A lot of conventions do that. I do a whole lot of shows, and you can always tell the ones, they're like, yeah, we, we had 40,000 people. I'm like, it felt a lot more like ten or 15,000. I mean, I guess once you get over 10,000, it's kind of hard to tell how many people are there anyway. It's just a whole lot of people. But I imagine you, for the art stuff, you probably go to, I don't know, just more generic fantasy or, or fandom conventions? I do, yeah, yeah. I do a ton of, um, like, just coming up, actually, I'm going to be at Fandom Fest in Kentucky the first week of August, though at the time this is, is airing, that may have already happened. Then I'll be at Gen Con, then I'm doing Dragon Con in Atlanta, then I'm doing a Lux Con in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and then I'll be back in my hometown of Nashville for Wizard World Nashville, uh, Nashville Comic Con. So it's going to be a busy couple of months as far as all that goes. But yeah, I do between 15 and 20 shows a year. I do a lot of horror conventions and a lot of sci-fi genre conventions, fantasy conventions. And then I do a few gaming cons. There just, there just aren't as many purely gaming conventions. Yeah, and a lot of the things that are truly purely gaming conventions are fairly small. They're less often well less than a thousand people and it's largely i mean uh, to some extent it's a, a lot of it's just let's get together and do open gaming it's not yeah, yeah right it's not the same sort of of focus as a yeah as a genre convention i guess i don't think because it's it's more about the people interacting with each other and there's not much in the way of celebrity of any sort that people are going to see Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay, so we knew not that we're expecting you to have come up with anything magically. What have you enjoyed playing uh, out of Spider lately? My current deck of choice is uh, Big Guy Dueling, and I know Spider's not doing so great you know, on the, the tournament circuit, but I kick butt in my local setting like everybody hates playing my deck which i always think is a good you know a good sign of doing doing well so yeah i just you know big big ugly monsters uh with dueling cards is is my current setup it's like mantis ogre dueling except yeah it, it actually it, it's very similar i i do use uh i do use the uh, bushi ogre bushi sure sure i mean i i've played i've played with ogre bushi in a dragon dueling deck yeah, see, it's just it's a good card because once again, nine gold for uh, six fours is solid, right? Yeah, nine gold, six fours, got yeah. four chi. Yeah, that that's about a force ratio than any of my. I've got like the nine gold guy who's four or five. And for Spider Clan, you're also thinking, oh, he Shadowlands and he doesn't give me an honor hit. Normally, when a Shadowlands guy comes in, I got to lose at least one honor, but 
the ogre apparently is is neutral honor wise. Yeah, yeah, that's uh he he's been around a while. <laughs> Other than the one you drew, do you have a a favorite card so far that's been previewed out of a line in the sand? Ooh, a line in the sand. Man, no, nothing's really standing out. I don't I don't like Spider Honor. I know there's a lot of players that do and it's it's cool that Spider has another option, but there's not enough ugly people this set. I, I, I can say my favorite card from the last set was Degatsu Turio, the guy who has the eyeballs for fingers. <laughs> Man, I love that card. The art is so much fun and in play, you know, he's great. Any any sort of massive card draw like that is is handy, particularly for a dueling deck. But yeah, so of late, that's my my favorite new card. Okay, now we've learned from talking to you about Gen Con that you are wisely willing to forego happiness for work. So we should probably talk about the fact that you are about to have a Kickstarter go up sometime during August, am I right? Yep, yeah. Once the line in the sand previews are are complete, because I'm waiting for a couple of the cards to come out, I'm going to launch a Kickstarter. I'm calling uh, Sam Flegel's Art of Asian Legend, and it's going to feature nine different pieces that I've done for L5R over the last four years. Uh, I try to pick my more popular pieces and some of the more high-profile cards that I've done, and I'm putting together a batch. Of uh, you can get prints, play mats, some original stuff as well, canvas prints. And, but it's not just going to be me. I'm actually putting together a team of folks to help me out. And the first person for sure that's on board is Drew Baker. And I'm very excited that Drew is uh, come on board. He's going to be doing a variant version of an old card. And I, I don't know for sure. Uh, which one he's going with just yet, but he, he's definitely going to do Crane Clan. I'm sitting here looking at it, right? For people who don't don't know, it's possible to let people look at a Kickstarter you're, you're working on before it's live. So I'm sitting here right now looking at it, and I have to say I was pretty excited when I saw this, and I'm like, is that just new art, or is there actually a new version of this character? So this is just the artists doing their thing. So Drew is doing this piece as a custom special edition for my Kickstarter. Uh, we talked about old cards, and I just said, man, I'd love to have something from the Crane Clan. As I spoke earlier, I, I sort of am lacking when it comes to that particular clan. And I wanted Drew to be involved. Drew was such a big help to me in learning about L5R and really taking advantage of the opportunities that working for that game has created. And, you know, I mean, when it, when it comes to L5R art, I think Drew is, you know, one of the guys everybody thinks of. So to have him on board is, it's just, it's really great. Yes, yes. And I, and I will say, if it remains what I am looking at right now, that this personality was very, very vexing, which means very popular, I suspect, amongst the those who would be interested in Korean clan personalities. I, I can go ahead and say, it, it's, do you pronounce it Sayori? Is that yes, right? Yes. Sayori. Yeah, so yeah, he's doing a, a variant on Sayori, and uh, he's told me it's going to actually be an oil painting as well. So through my Kickstarter, you'll be able to get playmats of Drew's thing, of Drew, Drew's painting. I don't know 
what his timeline is uh, as far as finishing it before Gen Con, but I, I'm pretty sure after Gen Con was when we'd be finished up with the Kickstarter. So, uh, yeah, I'm, he's going to be working on that over the next couple months, which is which is awesome. So you, you weren't playing back then, but Do- Doji Sayori, if I recall correctly, got errata twice and was still bonkers good. It it was just kind of ridiculous. That was when Crane had a weird gold scheme where eight gold personalities were actually cheaper than seven gold personalities. I'm not making that up. Weird. There was a, a holding called Murasabashi Toshi. That was a two gold holding that produced four when paying for personalities that caught eight, cost eight or more. Oh, man. And it was, I think, a market and a port. <laughs> wow. That, that's, see, I need something like that for my big guy deck. That'd help, help me get him out a little faster. Please, no, no, no. <laughs> that, uh, that was a, a bad, bad, bad card. Yeah, that was right right at the end of Diamond. Crane, they, they were like the second best clan behind Broken Coal Wall. And then they were the second best clan behind Broken Warrens of the One Tribe. And then when those two got nerfed out of existence, give or take, Crane then became the, de- be- the, the best deck. That's when one of the times that Crane won Gen Con and they got the prize of You're the Enlightened Clan, except AEG didn't really know what on earth that meant, so it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, okay. But hey. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited that Drew's doing a card. He's been great, and I'm excited... He's already announced it that he's starting to do art for L5R again. So ah. he's got more future art coming out. So, and uh, yeah, I've, I'm in contact with a couple other artists, but no official announcements yet as far as, as all of that will go. But I'm hoping that over the month, as the Kickstarter's going, I'll be able to make announcements throughout the month that there'll be more uh, L5R artists on board. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. So now you just need to get. Uh... Argyle back into the game because as far as I can tell, Argyle is just gotten too big for his britches and, and most most notably too big for L5R. I you know they L5R can't even afford to have their own art director do art anymore. <laughs> He's uh he is a busy boy, that's for sure. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing Steve uh over the next couple months. So I know he'll be at Gen Con for sure. And so will Drew. Drew will also be at Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, let's see, I, I did not get to go to Gen Con last year, but when I, I think two years ago, didn't Steve, he had, he had a broken arm or something. He him. did, he, he broke uh, one of his finger bones, actually, on his drawing hand, but that was a couple years back. But he, he made a stamp so he could sign cards with a stamp. <laughs> so, Steve's a great, a great guy as well. I also see that there's, at least planned, maybe they're not certain, there's... There are these things in there that are identified as original tone drawings. Are those... Uh... Yeah, so that's part of the, my process I was talking about where I, I do a very detailed drawing before I paint the card. And so I, I work everything out on toned paper. It helps me plan the, the darks and the lights of the piece so I can know what direction I'm heading in. And then for my paintings, I actually have those drawings printed onto the boards that I paint on. So that allows me to keep the original drawing, and then I have the original painting as well. Actually, the the drawings, I, I imagine it's largely because of the price point. They're a lot cheaper than the original paintings. But the four drawings that I have on the Kickstarter are some of the only L5R drawings I have left. They've been very popular, and not just with L5R fans. That's the neat thing about L5R is 
you know, if you play the game, you understand what's going on. But even if you don't, it's still cool Asian themed fantasy art. And so there's there's a really strong fan base of people that just love Asian themed art. And so I've sold a lot to people who don't even you know know about L5R. As far as the originals go, they just want a cool drawing or painting for their wall. Yeah. Okay. So that is uh, your upcoming Kickstarter. It's called Art of Asian Legend, and it will be dropping sometime in August? Yeah, first week of August. Okay, so keep an eye out for that. And if I'm keeping an eye out, it'll probably show up on one of our now on Kickstarter posts on the, the Strange Assembly website. Before we wrapped it up here, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to get out to the, to the L5R fans? You know, tell the spider players that I'm really all right. I mean, I let a spider artist come to my cote and sell stuff and everything. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. I had a really good time down in Atlanta, and I hope to be able to make it back out again next year. This year's Kotai season just didn't really work with my convention schedule. But yeah, as far as stuff to get out, uh, you can check out more about my art at samflegel.com. I have a newsletter link on my website. Sign up for that to get future updates about what's going on with me and, and with the art. Yeah, that, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed talking. Uh, that's at least two of us who enjoyed this then, right? Hopefully right. there will that's, be a, a, a few more once the episode goes out. Enjoyment squared. <laughs> You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can check us out at strangeassembly.com or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes while you're there. We'd always enjoy it if you'd stop and give us one of those lovely little iTunes reviews. You can follow us at Strange Assembly on Twitter, or you can contact me at chris at strangeassembly.com. I always like to hear from you. Our guest today has been Sam Flegel, uh, he of the strange art of Sam Flegel. You can Check him out at samflegel.com and on Kickstarter later in August. But until then, you've been listening to Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.